Welcome to the China Jedi Podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. For those living, working, or traveling in China, or interested in learning about Chinese culture, expat life, and foreigners' perceptions. May the smile be with you. My eyes are clear, cleared on the mist in the cloudy morning. China Jedi legal disclaimer. Please listen carefully. What you hear on this pod may or not be the truth, may or not be funny, rude, or downright stupid. If statements are made by certain individuals from the human race that go against your preconceptions, conceptions, false conceptions, and selections, faith, tastes, or personal philosophies, please take it with a light-hearted sigh and slight shrug of the shoulder. Hold your head up high, knowing that you are a better person than they are, and that one day the force will strike down on them with great vengeance of furious laughter and unconditional frivolous forgiveness. you got it all wrong. The things that I've been saying, you've been listening to the wrong side. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the China Jedi Podcast, episode 16. We are recording live from Huafa 68, sitting above the beautiful Pagoda Lake on a Sunday morning, not too late, situated in the heart of Zhuhai City, mainland China, nestled between Hong Kong and Macau. I'm your host, as usual, Chris J. Bradshaw. No, wait a minute. No, I'm not. What's happened? I'm Anthony Benton. And my co-host today is... Role reversal. This is the real Chris J. Bradshaw speaking oh, now. Here he is, here he is. So, roles reversed, as you say. I'm in the driving seat today. Well, they do say, don't you, Ben, in life, it's good to try both sides of the, of the, um, you know, the... The orifice, well, isn't it? it? So. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Should I try both sides of the orifice? <laughs> so, Male or female? <laughs> I tell you what, Anthony, don't you get too comfortable in that I chair? I am quite comfortable in the cockpit, actually. Yeah. This really nice, lounging, comfortable <laughs> chair, rather than that horrible, bony, hard one that I usually sit on. I know. I'm you st- look a little bit unsettled over there. I, I am, and it's it's strange because um, the whole light's different, isn't it? Over here by the lake, and um, I got the warmth on my back. So uh, no, it's good. It's it's been a long time since we've done this, just you and me, isn't it, today? Indeed, yeah, just us two. No special guest. You are my special guest today. Ah, thank you very much, yes. Yeah, it's marvellous. So, well, I guess I should treat you like the special guest then. Where Where are you from? Enlighten us. Tell us again. I'm sure most of the listeners should know already. But... Yeah, so in this present incarnation, I'm from England. <laughs> <laughs> where, were you, where were you from in your previous incarnation? I, I can't reveal that information today. Uh, maybe a future episode. Queen yeah. of England. <laughs> did you? Did your grandmother paint me at one point? Quite possibly. <laughs> no, I'm from a place in England called Bath, which is the cleanest city in England, and uh, it's in the southwest, near where Stonehenge is and Glastonbury and beautiful countryside. And Bath's um, a historical Roman town, and it's the most tourist visited site outside of London. Tor- most tourists go to Bath outside of London. So uh, yeah, actually, so Stonehenge or like just no, the Bath. city of Bath. Actually, Bath. Huh. Yeah. Have you, have you been? I don't think I have actually. Yeah. I think I've been nearby. I've been to Salisbury, which is yeah, not too yeah, far. Yeah, not too far. In the same region. I've been to Stonehenge. Tell you what, Anthony. Put on my robes and <laughs> got my staff out. And oh, we went there for twenty twelve. Oh yeah. When the when the world was meant to end, we went up to see the druid ceremonies. Wasn't anticlimax things like that. Well, no, it depends what you take for being the end of the world, isn't it? it can have quite a different opinions on what the so. end means. The head and the tail of the snake joining. Indeed, but anyway, if you're in England and I'm in England, um, you know, shoot us a, a call and I'll make sure I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing in China? My best. <clears throat> As we all do. <laughs> well, I don't know if all of us are doing that. I'm, um, so I have a company. I've done a lot of things. Quite, I guess you could say I'm an entrepreneur, done tons of things, tons of things have failed. The ones that haven't failed, I've obviously built upon and used the mistakes I used to okay, make so that what's, what's your main... So I'm in the health and wellness industry. I'm a, a certified, what they call health coach. I help people with their diets and lifestyles. And I formed my own Chinese company over a year ago, um, one to be legal, two to have a more of a professional uh, look, I suppose. I've even got my own LinkedIn account now. Oh, there yes. we go. 
Yeah, it's professional. And so um, I'm working with a company in Shenzhen at the moment who subcontracted me, and I do a lot of um, content for them, educational content, and I'm developing a health coach program as we speak for the Chinese market. So that's what I'm doing. And I have some clients. Um, so most of your clients are Chinese? or No, my, my one-on-one clients are foreign. Okay. Because um, my, my Chinese level is not good enough to go deeply into... Um, so you need a Chinese assistant. Yes. A young, fit, hot, nubile, young well, lady to yes, assist you. Yes, possibly so. But we all know um, that that also comes with a lot of other problems, doesn't it? So Temptations. Uh, Step by step, <laughs> so yeah, health and wellness thing industry, as we talk about a lot in this pod, um, you know, the world's very sick, and um, anything we can do to spread the health, yeah, is, good is for you, mate. Well yeah. done, it's good that you're uh, spreading some health, yeah, health and love around the world, yeah. And of course, it's not, it's not all about bodybuilding and eating green vegetables all the time, it's about having a, a healthy life and a healthy outlook on, on things, yeah, yeah, your vision. Mm. So, uh, how long have you been in China? I like to say four years to everyone, but then I started saying that kind of four it's been long years ago. It's been longer than that, hasn't it? I, I came, I always remember Obama got into, um, it was his first term, and he did the speech on September 2008, and that's just as I landed. And I, I shed a little tear as I read his speech, because he's a lesson to his speech. He's a great speaker, isn't he, old Obama? And uh, so it must be eight years, because he's just finished, hasn't he? Oh, there we go. So I'll go with eight years. But I was coming here before doing manufacturing. That's what brought me here first. I came up with a product when I was living in Japan, and I got it made, I designed it and got it made in China. So I was coming to Zhuhai three times a year and manufacturing in Jiangmen. That's news on me. What were you making then? Making um, sexy cigarette and chewing gum receptacles. Because, of course, in England, the smoking law hadn't come in. So I designed this stainless steel thing that could attach onto lampposts and onto walls. And when the laws came in in 2007, everyone needed government legislation to put one of these bins outside to put chewing gum and cigarettes in. So sold thousands of them, went really well. And I used to come to Juhai and I used to love it. I mean, I still do love it, but I really want, I was happier here than I was in England. So I made the big move at the end of 2008 to come over here full time. And the rest, as they say, is l'histoire. Good on you. Mm. So, as you usually uh, ask uh, guests, what's your favourite place in China other than Zhuhai? Mm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favourite place? That's a great question. I mean, I've seen a lot of China, but there's so much more to see. Um, That's huge, isn't it? So oh, massive. To see. So you diverse, could, you mate, could probably spend it? a lifetime exploring China. Oh, it'd be brilliant. You know, getting a, a car and just... Um, and going off-road up into the mountains. I probably say at the moment my favourite place in China that I've been to is... God, you got me here. Ooh. You really got me here. I do love Yangshuo. I've had some good times there. Kunming's pretty cool as well. Secret spot beach in Shenzhen. <laughs> yes, that's very nice. Yeah, I, I, I have to say for a, a holiday to get away with folks and stuff, people haven't been to China before, Yangshuo's very nice. Oh, here we go, sticking with the, yeah, the safe I, bet. It, it really am. It I is mean, a really good place to go. It's just lovely, you know, you've been, haven't you? Yeah. You know, with the lime really cast cool peaks and, and things, and it's a bit more chilled out than, you know, yeah, city it's kind China. Of like, it feels like a hippie town, doesn't it? Yes, yes. A bit further away from Beijing's grip, I guess. So yeah, that's that's what I'd say. Um, I tell all our guests, though, and I do not say Yang Shuo, and then I've said Yang Shuo. You know, yourself. But the best place for me, obviously, is any family person would say, is at home. Yeah, home's my yeah. Juhai is a great place to live, right? Yeah, that's so well in anywhere. The culture, I think, go to uh, Beijing. Yeah. See yeah. all the history and all the palaces and stuff. Got to see it, haven't you? For a for a cool, chilled out place in the countryside, yeah, Yang is awesome. Yeah. Cool. Okay, moving on. It's time for Sunday morning question of the week. Sunday morning. So, question of the week mm. from our uh, cheeky researchers. Yeah. Trying to delve into our psyche, I think. Today. I can see a different angle of them today, Anthony. I can see his right ear. Yeah, I can see up his nostril today. It's a bit disconcerting being from this angle. <laughs> Pluck your nose hairs. Yeah, Horrible well, man. It's Labour Day. <laughs> so the question, Sunday morning question of the week today is, if you could be any animal, 
what would you be? I certainly wouldn't be that fish that's on your T-shirt staring at me at the moment. Yeah, he's kind of lingering around my body odour and my smelly armpits. It's a Japanese-style T-shirt, isn't it? It is. You look like you've gone, in, you've gone into a Japanese restaurant, and you know that little blind that, that you walk through to go to the toilet? It looks like you've kind of nicked it and turned it into a T-shirt. Good guess. I didn't know. <laughs> I went to that Japanese restaurant, I saw the toilet curtains, and I swiped them down, and I yeah, had them made into this T-shirt. Uh, dear, I, I, so what's my favourite animal, yeah? What animal well, if you could be, what animal would you be? Not necessarily your favourite animal, what would you be? Because I guess... It's one, of these, it's one of these interview questions, isn't it? They can really, yeah, the psychologists delve can into delve your into your psyche, yeah. yeah. Ah, hmm. Okay, so I want to be something that's kind of doesn't get killed and eaten quickly. Because, you know, you're <laughs> so here don't, to experience... Don't be a pig or a chicken in then, China. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Although uh, I've, I've had like I've asked Chinese that before, and many of them have actually said a pig. They're quite revered, because, aren't they? Well, they, they they see it as being able to just laze around all day and give and eat. Yeah, and I they, guess they don't think about the being eaten part so much. They have thirty-minute orgasms, though, Anthony. So oh, there you go. They, yeah, maybe that's why. Okay, my one is um, it, it just has to be a beautiful animal. Tremendous animal. We've done so much with them, and I just wonder if they've done so much for us in terms of not using them for things we need. They got four legs, and um, beautiful animals. Horse? Yeah, uh, I love horses. A majestic a stallion, or a... oh, I'm not gonna. She's not a pony. It's nothing to do with the. Uh, don't make being, me... being well endowed. Don't make no no. Don't make me one of those ones that <laughs> goes on a seaside and has little kids going along, you know, on it all day. No, I'd like to be a wild that horse. That would be an ass. <laughs> I would see you. Asshole. <laughs> um, no, okay. So I'm going to be a horse, and I'm a Sagittarius as well. So a kind of half horse, half archer. Horse being the my bottom bit, and um, the so archer you'd be giving some medieval knight bowed legs. Possibly so. So you'd like to be ridden? <laughs> I'd like to be a horse in the wild. That's my answer. Because they're strong. The wild stallion. They're fast. And, um, I mean, they've really been very helpful for humanity, haven't they, horses? Think they of all have, the battles yeah, indeed, and places we, Yeah. But not necessarily so helpful for them, though. No, exactly. That's, that's what I was trying to explain earlier. I don't think I got it out very well. I'd get some uh, angry vegans... <laughs> do they sell horse meat? I mean, not they vegans, but <laughs> <laughs> they do in China. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, probably get a lot of meat from one, couldn't you? I wouldn't eat horse. Mm. Anyway, to cut down on me. What would I be? Yeah, what would you do? I would see. Ooh, You're a mosquito, aren't you? That's a tough one. Yeah, just to annoy <laughs> you at night, yeah. fly in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would probably, I would either be a dolphin, because I love the sea. Okay. And to be able to hold your breath for that long and just to dive deep down into the sea and go and explore and play, because they're very playful, aren't they, dolphins? They're pretty smart Do they have creatures. to come out of the sea to breathe? Yeah, they're still mammals, aren't they? They're a type of yeah. whale, aren't they? So they still have to, yeah, come up and breathe and they hold their breath, but they can do it for quite a while, right? Poor you, though, all the stuff we're putting into the sea these Yeah, days. that's the only trouble, right? All the pollution now, it's... Yeah. That wouldn't be too nice. Or a bird, because I'd love to fly. Oh, you're a vulture, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. You pick on, you know, you pick on dead things. Good eyesight, though. Yeah? Great sense of smell, I think, too, right? Vultures. Wouldn't need glasses. They're a nice pair of glasses you got on today. They're new, actually. I just yeah. bought them. My old ones, uh, I sat on them and... Snap them in half. They're very um, hostable. Yes, brings an air of authority. It does actually. Yes, I'm. Yes, bow down, Chris. <laughs> bow down. Ray-Ban too. Very fancy. Yeah, lovely. See how long they last. So you'll be a horse. Yeah, you. And I'll be a dolphin. Okay. I'll okay. be seeing you then. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that would work really well. You could be a seahorse. <laughs> then I'll, I'll meet you for a pint. Yeah. The sea. Pint of seawater. Awesome. Okay. Great. Good answers. So, time for Guess Who. We've got to remember. You better make this easy for me, Anthony. No, I've got you a really stonking <laughs> difficult one because I always get horrible ones. No, it should be. Well, I think it's easy. 
because I know who it is. Am I allowed to phone a friend this week because we no, started that No, because you haven't got any friends. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I suppose you've got to win at some point, haven't you? So, guess who? Our esteemed guessy, if that's even a word, mm. was born on April the 7th in 1954, so that would make him 63 now. Okay, he's still around. He was born in Victoria Peak in British Hong Kong, although not British any longer. Uh, our guess ho, who sorry, is well known as a martial artist, an actor, a director, producer, screenwriter, action choreographer, a singer, a stunt director and a stunt performer. He was born in Hong Kong to his father, Charles, very Chinese name. What was his surname? and his mother, Li Li. His parents gave him the nickname of Pao Pao, which meant cannonball, because he was such an energetic child and was always rolling around. His parents worked for the French ambassador in Hong Kong, and he spent his formative years in the grounds of the consul's residence in Victoria Peak. He attended the Na Hua Primary School on Hong Kong Island, where he failed his first year after which his parents withdrew him from the school. In 1960, his father emigrated to Cranborough in Australia to work as the head cook for the American Embassy. And he was sent to the China Drama Academy, a Peking opera school run by Master Yi Jimyuan. Jim Yuan, sorry. Uh, Jimmy, yeah. He trained rigorously for the next decade, excelling in martial arts and acrobats. He eventually became part of the Seven Little Fortunes, a performance group made up of the school's best students, gaining the stage name Yuan Lo, in homage to his master. Hmm. Here he became close friends with his fellow group members, now here's a big clue, Samo Hung and Yuan Biao, and the three of them later became known as the Three Brothers, or Three Dragons. He began his career by appearing in small roles at the age of five as a child actor. At age eight, he appeared with some of his fellow Little Fortunes in the Big and Little Wong Tin Bar, a movie made in 1962. Yeah, you've gone, you've taken his early childhood, gone up to where he became one of the Three Musketeers, <laughs> um, and then the you've gone dragons. back to him being five and eight again. This is so interesting. Did the researchers do this for you today? Uh, they did. Yeah. It, right? No, no, no. He was starting because he's starting with his uh, his uh, teaching in I'm, in, in uh, Australia, I'm and then getting on to his film career. I'm speak for the anyway, here. stop interrupting. Can you give me you some actual fact blues? that's going to help me? Well, some. <laughs> so, uh, small role. Where did he get to? Da, 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 da. In 1974. Five. Mm. Due to commercial failures of his early ventures into films and trouble finding stunt work, he started an adult film, All in the Family, in which he appears in his first nude sex scene. A proper porn movie, yeah? I don't think it's pro- actual what porn. What was it called? It was just a sex scene. Uh, All in the Family, so I hope yeah. it wasn't porn. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the only film he has made without a single fight scene or stunt sequence. Mm-hmm. You going to give me any movies? Maybe. <laughs> they might be your extra clues later. Okay, okay. In 1976, he received a telegram from a film producer in Hong Kong film industry who had been impressed with his stunt work. He was offered an acting role in a film directed by Lo Wei. Huh. He then changed his stage name to Long, which means dragon. Yes. So there's a big clue. Yeah. Chinese name of Long. His first major breakthrough was the 1978 film Snake in the Eagle Shadow. There you go. Shot while he was loaned to Seasonal Film Corporation. He then returned to Lo Wei Studio and made four more movies. Willie Chan, the film producer, left the company and advised him to decide for himself whether or not to stay with Lo Wei. During the shooting of Fearless Hyena Part 2, he broke his contract and joined Golden Harvest prompting Lowe to blackmail him with triads. Dun-dun-dun. It's getting interesting. So he then sought asylum in America from the Hong Kong triads. His 100th movie, 1911, was released on 26th of September, 2011. It's a good movie. It's about that Sen period and stuff, early 90s. I think you got it, do you? Have I made it too easy? Well, I don't know. 
I wish he'd bloody hurry up. This is he's taking ages. also known as a philanthropist and for his occasional controversial comments, Ooh. especially regarding Hong Kong and Taiwan politics. Okay. There you go. That's your lot for now. Any famous quotes to hear some of those oh, comments? Oh, yes. Would you like some quotes? Yes. This is a quote of his. We learn martial arts as helping weakness. You never fight for people to get hurt. You're always helping people. Yeah. It's good philosophy for martial arts, I guess. You learn to help people rather than to just beat people up. Well, it's all about defence, isn't it, they say. Another one. I only want my work to make people happy. This one I find rather hilarious. <laughs> Chinese people need to be controlled. Otherwise, they will do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think he's allowed to say that because he is Chinese, so... Yeah. Another one. Now I am older, I understand. We have to accept who we are. And another one. I hate violence. Yes, I do. It's kind of a dilemma, huh? I guess so. So there you go. Five, That's your lot. No more clues. Quotes, eh? I normally only get two. Oh, I'm feeling generous. Yeah, why not? Okay. You need some help. So, I, you, I, think, you think you know it? Yeah, I do actually. I think I've got a pretty good idea, but I'm obviously not going to say. You should do. I think that bunch has made it really quite easy. Okay. So, uh, you keep that to yourself, and we'll then uh, later on, we shall, I shall give you some more clues. Fantastic. And uh, we'll see if you get it right. So, it's time for Dwebu Dwey. Because this is just the way it's meant to be. So, Dwayne Dway, true or false? Yeah. Is it your turn to screw it up? Let's see, I wonder. Well, at least I know I have a 50% chance of not screwing it up. <laughs> but you seem to, I don't know, yeah, something goes wrong with that formula. The thing of the coin is that I think I have a <laughs> coin with the same side on either side. So, this is uh, loosely linked to our uh, topic later, I believe, because it's okay. uh, kind of to do with traffic. You're not so, talking about. Children trafficking again, are you, today? No, okay. different kind of traffic, actual road traffic today. Okay, right. So this is uh, not, not about China, but about South Africa. In South Africa, murder, kidnapping, rape and carjacking rates per capita are some of the highest in the world. So, a rather inventive man, in order to combat this carjacking, he invented a flamethrower for the side of his car. Hmm. Crimes. So, it is actually legal in uh, in uh, South Africa to use lethal force because it can be such a dangerous country. Yeah. So, the, the question is, is this flamethrower on the side of your cars a device known as the blaster <laughs> a real thing or not? Okay. Can you attach flamethrowers to the side of your car in South Africa? Okay, well, first of all, I'd like to just state, because the researchers are looking at me strangely here, this is your one that you've picked, because it's got nothing to do with China. That's the first thing I They don't always say. have something to do with China, do they? What, what, the hippos in China? Yep, that was at the beginning, and we were told, weren't we, the manager, Dalao Ban, told us we've got to strictly focus on oh, China. okay. So I'm so, pulling uh, you out there. I do know some uh, South Africans in China. Okay, well, I'm sure they'll let you off for this one. <laughs> South Africa, I've been to South Africa, lovely place, got some pretty good South African yeah, friends. Beautiful country. Pretty, I have to say, going there, I remember I was staying in a friend's house and suddenly these people started peering over the, you know, the Iron Gate and you can't see what they've got. But immediately you go, oh, were they, you know, they got a gun or something like that. I don't know, just the whole air fills you up, you know, just the whole system, belief system around that place. But I was actually really safe, I had a great month there. Um, flame flower stuff, yeah, I remember we had a, a car, we drove to the Humadillas in this little old beetle car that our friend gave us to borrow. And Sam, who's South African, she used to work with me, said whenever we get to the lights, like literally you don't have to stop in South Africa because of what you've just said, people can come up to you and accost you. So whether or not you're allowed a flamethrower, Anthony, is something else. Is it, how, can you tell me when this was introduced or not? Uh, this was, this actual uh, article I think from the uh, researchers possibly came about nine years ago. You, I tell you, you're about, being about as fishy as your t-shirt is today. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say uh, it's absolutely false. 
this uh, scenario. There's no way a flamethrower, and I didn't even know if it'd be a good device to have a flamethrower in your car when you have petrol, a lot of petrol and flammable material in this kind of thing you're driving, to have a flamethrower attached to it. Well, I guess you've got lots of fuel for it. I think it would be one of the worst business ideas ever, regardless if it's in (laughs) South Africa or not. I'll go with a false, absolute false, poppycock, absolute load of crap. (laughs) You make me so happy. It is, in fact, true. (laughs) So there's a flamethrower and you're allowed to use a flamethrower. Because uh, of the dangers, you're actually allowed to use lethal force to defend yourself if you get attacked. In China, you are, uh, sorry, in South Africa, you are allowed to defend yourself using lethal force. So, um, yes, an inventor built a flamethrower for his car and decided to sell it. They sold a few hundred. What's it called? The Blaster. The Blaster. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, if you need directions in South Africa, be very, very careful when you walk up to the side of the car and ask someone for directions. Very interesting. Thank you for that, Anthony. Brilliant. I'm so glad you got it wrong. Yeah, never mind. Revenge. (laughs) Listeners, look it up. I still don't think it's true. Got to watch this guy. Well, it's time to move on. It's time for China Jedi Topic Time. You got it all wrong. Topic of the week. This has been uh, written in f- to us uh, from a chap in Shenzhen called Mr. Ivor Boner. And Wait, his. Where do you think he's from? Ivor. That's, yeah. quite, that's a British name, isn't it? As well. It's quite, they, they like their English name. Well, it's like uh, our um, guess who? His name was. His father's name was Charles. Yeah. Not a terribly. Where do you reckon Chinese his surname comes from then? Boner. I've never, <laughs> never heard that before. I don't know. Maybe he was adopted or, I don't know, changed his name. Graveyard. Movie star or something. Could well be. Okay. But his question for us this week is, why are Chinese roads so dangerous? Mm, good one. Why are Chinese roads so dangerous? Any initial thoughts on that? Um, okay. Why Chinese... Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is... Roads are dangerous. That's very true. So, you know, either Mr... What's his surname? Boner. Mr Boner, I think straight away you need to realise that any road in the world generally can be dangerous, depending on how you choose to interact with it. Um, I guess it could be uh, the way we perceive things as well. It depends where you come from, because I wonder if... Mm. Locals here see the roads as dangerous. Yeah, that's that's. As a foreigner coming here, especially coming from England, where we're very strict with our rules on the roads, and you come here, it does seem a little chaotic at times, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I have to say, compared to in, roads in India, uh, these are actually pretty damn smooth. Now let's t- look at this question. I'm thinking from two sides, Anthony. Is the road the dangerous thing, or the people, or the system that uses it? Because generally in China. A lot of the roads, especially in the cities, are fantastic. Yeah, they're flat, generally not many bumps, they're wide lanes. I'm guessing um, he means the uh, the traffic in general, the the way people drive. Yes, and so the users of the roads. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, yeah I, I don't think he specifically means the roads, although having said that, I have been to some roads down towards Chengdu on the sides of the mountains. These dirt tracks up into the mountains. They were yeah. pretty dangerous roads. Sure, sure. They were really quite scary, especially when you got a bus driver overtaking on the wrong side of the road round a bend, and he uses his Buddha horn. Like, just, you know, if anything's coming the opposite way, how a horn is going to help, I have no idea. So I called it his magic Buddha horn, and thankfully it worked, because every bend he overtook. And this is, we had like a a hundred foot drop down a gorge to a raging river below and it was the most fearful journey I've ever had in my life. Like this bus driver herring along this dirt track, overtaking on the wrong side of the road, round a bend, beeps his Buddha horn and thankfully no other cars were coming in the opposite direction because if they had been, I swear that would that would have been it. Uh, hope you're not discriminating so, against the religion of Buddhism by saying that. No, a magic Buddha horn, it works. A magic Buddha horn. Yeah, magic. So, um, do you know about the horn thing? Apparently, if you beep your horn, you are not responsible for anything that happens because you've done what you need to do to alert 
what's around you that you're here. Really? That's, so, a, that's a rule here? Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm not going to say it's an actual, but I've heard that that's a lot of people... The general standard of... If you end up in court and I'm you say... I'm coming! Yes, exactly. He didn't move, I beat. I'm here. I, I warned him. It's his yeah. fault he got run over. Exactly, I did warn you. <laughs> um, now, now, look, let's look at this. I've, the, drive, the drivers in this country, and it's not just China, are, quite frankly, dreadful. They would be like the Sunderland of the FA Premier League. And, and many a time I've been walking along or even on my little bike, you know, my bat bike, and the driver will literally be on his phone or the, la- or the lady, man or woman, not even looking at where they're going and still driving at quite a pace. Yeah, well, I've seen that because I cycle around a lot as well. So I've, I've actually been knocked off my bike quite a few times because yes, driver's yeah. not looking. I know, it's a bit of a thing for you. And then being accosted and blamed for it because they weren't looking where they are going. (laughs) And then I get blamed for it. They try and get me to pay for their car, which is, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to go, they are dangerous, the roads here. I think especially for someone who comes from a more, shall I say, um, how do I say, more developed place where the rules are in place and people follow them. I think enforcement is the key, right? Mm. That's the thing. Like, if a traffic policeman in England sees something wrong, he will come after you. Whereas there have definitely been some occasions in China where I've seen a traffic cop on his bike and, say, a guy goes flying through a red light and the guy just carries on sitting on his bike smoking a cigarette. So enforcement, I think, is part of the problem. It's totally, totally anti. I actually, thank you. Uh, I've just been passed something here. This, this is quite interesting. Uh, apparently, uh, they've got some statistics here from the UN, the um, oh, okay. United Nations. The statistics. Um, now, some highlights. Apparently, this is traffic data. I guess while low and middle income countries are home to less than fifty percent of the world's registered vehicles, ninety percent of the world's road traffic deaths occur in developing countries. So that's you know that doesn't happen for nothing. Yeah. India, which we just mentioned earlier, has the highest absolute number of recorded road deaths, 105,725, I guess that's in a year, followed by China, which is 96,611. The US is like nearly half of that. That's interesting, I've got some different statistics. Russia's less. And in England, we've only got 3,298, but of course you've got to think about size, haven't you, as well? I'm wondering if these uh, statistics I've got must be... Are yours updated or mine updated? I don't know which one. Well, they... I mean... um, Because the worst country I found was uh, Libya. As for total. Really? Yeah. Christ. 4,554. What was the safest? Did you find the safest roads? What's the safest? I found uh, Federated States of Micronesia. Ah, yes. With only two deaths. Where's that? (laughs) (laughs) What's like an island? Micronesia. So it's an island with like one road. It's a very, very tiny island in Easier. I'm not actually sure. Interesting. Show my lack of geography there. Well, this is quite funny, Anthony. There was a published study this year, last year, that came out in April... 2016 and the title was examining road traffic mortality status in china simulation study and i've been told this is quite a big study there's been a lot of effort put into this and guess what the conclusion is go on impatience our simulation data indicate china is still at a stage of high road traffic mortality that's the conclusion. Brilliant. I mean, I could have concluded that, taken the money for the study and done something a lot more advantageous with it, I think. Um, so there you go. Here's a scary statistic. According to the World Health Organization, road traffic injuries, this is around the world, so for, for all of us, cause an estimated 1.25 million deaths mm. every year. This is actually from 2010, so it could be quite different. But that, that's, one person, that's one person killed every 25 seconds. In a, road, in a road accident. That's scary. I mean, you'd think in the future, maybe hopefully in our lifetime, these figures would just be basically zero, nearly. Because you'd have cars that drive by themselves, right, with these sensors and... You take the human error element out of it. They're starting to do that. They, yeah. they seem quite popular in China, don't they? Especially for parking. Now, a lot of cars now seem to have cameras on the front and the back, don't they? That's true. And I've heard in America that long-distance lorry drivers are going to all be losing their jobs, Anthony. 
Because literally they're going to have drones. these lorries that drones. I mean, they're already taking parcels on drones in the air. Really? They've already started? Yeah, in China they started oh. doing that, yeah. Um, so it's going to come. It would certainly save a lot of deaths, wouldn't it? Hopefully. Because, um, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of crazy truck drivers. And this, this is uh, one problem, I think, is in China, is people seem to be in such a hurry all the time. They're very, uh, Chinese like to get things done, don't they? They don't like to hang around. Busy. And that's not necessarily a good thing on the roads, you know? And so I guess like a lot of these truck drivers, they have a schedule to stick to. Mm. And so they're rushing to get to places on time. And yeah, a lot of times they don't want to stop. Thing is though, like we talked about with the elevators, like people clambering in to get somewhere quickly, they actually end up yeah, wasting time because they haven't let the other people out. Um, sometimes going slow is the new going fast. Yeah. A couple of theories I thought about, and just note it down. Um, why, you know, the, they have this dangerous road culture here. It's pretty new, isn't it, driving? It's a relatively new thing I guess, in China. yeah, I mean, it, uh, when, we, when we got cars, they were very rare on the road, weren't they? People had time to adjust, you know, people would be going along on their horse and carriage. And this motor vehicle will plod along at five miles an hour and people will probably be like, what's that? Yeah, exactly. Plus you had like an hour to jump out of the way if it was one was driving towards you. So I guess as a culture, we had time to adjust, didn't we? Apparently in Beijing, some experts estimate one minute of stopped traffic can lead to one kilometre of backed up traffic in Beijing, which is... Quite. Yeah, the Beijing roads are very busy. But apparently five to ten years ago, cars were unavailable to most people here, so few bothered learning how to drive. Well, I asked uh, a Miss Chen. You don't grow up watching your parents drive, do you, if, if no one's got a well, car? Yeah. True, I mean, I used to sleep in the back of the car with my mum and dad driving all the time, so you kind of grow up with it, don't you? But a Miss Chen, I asked her, because well, she's I don't a know Chinese if, sorry, I don't know if I ever slept in the back of the car with my mum and dad growing up too much. What was that for? Was that when you were No, when I was circus? growing up. What, your yeah. mum and dad driving somewhere? Oh, just falling asleep yeah, in the car? Oh, okay, I just quite said so you were kind of on the road. No, 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 just yeah. like going on a journey and falling asleep in the car. Okay, I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was not in a travelling circuit. Go on, what does Chen say? Yeah. Miss Chen. Um, well, she said, uh, drivers are very impatient. So again, it goes along with what we were saying. They also have very little consideration for other people's safety. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's okay. not a good thing, is it? That links... she, she also said, though, people don't care about the rules. Well, yeah. And do you know why? That's a big problem. Do you know why? I reckon here's another thing. Driving is a status symbol. That too, yes. So that. people who had the money would have the car. And those people, because they had the money, would generally in their life treat people probably like shit. So when you're in a car, it's just an extension of already your, your big ego. I'm a big kind of ego. So literally, get out the way, this is my road. And it is quite like that here, isn't it? When you're going along somewhere, they beep at you and you're on the, you're on the path. It does and seem they, a little aggressive sometimes. There's no giving way to people, especially when you're crossing the road. When you're crossing the road, that's, that's one thing that really bothers me, especially outside of schools, where you see a pedestrian crossing and you're outside of school. You can see it, school children crossing the road. And a lot of drivers drive towards these crossings and like you, you're seeing the kids literally running out of the way because they don't want to stop. And that, that bothers me a bit. I, that I find very difficult to understand. Biggest cause of death in China, right? It used to, when I first came to China, the road accidents were the biggest cause of, of death. I don't know if that's the case now, because of course we're getting a lot sicker, so probably heart attacks and cardiovascular problems probably trump that. Link, linking back to what you said, though, about uh, being a status symbol, obviously now, like you say, a, a car has become a status symbol, so everyone wants to own one, which has obviously led to severely congested roads. Not just the dad, the mum... The son, the, IE. the daughter, even the IE gets one, yeah. yeah. So yeah, too many cars on the road can lead to uh, lots of problems, right? I mean, you just go down to the basements, you know, where we live here and see the cars. Incredible, some of the, you know, the expensive cars that are down there, yeah? Some statistics I found, though, which were good. So, I, yeah, slightly different to yours. The worst country, supposedly, is Libya. 
And this is per thousand, hundred thousand... Uh... You said that earlier, you nonsense. No, no, I know, I know, but I didn't do the others. Safest was, like I say, Federated States of Micronesia. UK, per every hundred thousand, is only 2.9. So we do pretty well in the UK. You can only drive 30 miles an hour. We get a ticket, don't you, in the UK? USA, 10.6. So... Well, it's a big open Come road. Come on, fellow can... Americans. Yeah, like, I can not... see that. I can see that. Sort it out. And China, 18.8. Ooh. So, uh... Improvements yeah, needed, yeah? Definitely. I mean, Anthony, this is an interesting story. Apparently, because the other thing, of course, you said earlier, driving rules aren't enforced, which clearly they're not here. Side note of awesomeness. In Lanzhou, a retired school teacher decided to teach bad drivers a lesson and threw bricks at cars that did not yield to pedestrians. The number of times I've wanted to do this is incalculable, this guy's blogging. Apparently a few other elderly men joined in while onlookers rushed to get them more bricks and food to keep up their throwing strength. The men damaged 30 cars before police stopped them. They've become internet heroes. Because, you know, they, when you see a pedestrian crossing, you know, the white, the zebras, mm. they don't even blinker about that, yeah? No, that's, that's one thing, that's my biggest issue is with... Because you're driving a big, heavy machine. You know, you're responsible for the safety of others, not just yourself, right? So you should look out for other people on the road. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, just quickly. Ten bad habits on the road. We've all driven, right, around the world. Right, do you do this? Number one, forcibly overtaking another vehicle. No. You don't forcibly do it, do you? Shove them off the road. Then dangerously weaving between cars, which is really, really dangerous, yeah. Maybe left and right. Yeah, maybe when I was a little younger in yeah. my crazy days, or possibly a little naughty on the roads. But but have not, you seen not, that not in China? Severely, Dangerously we between. Oh, yeah, and I've seen forcibly overtaking another vehicle as well. Um, number three, not giving way to pedestrians on a crosswalk. Yeah, seen day. that. Using a cell phone when driving. Yes, seen that. Lots. Not wearing a seatbelt while driving. <laughs> yeah. Freely using the horn. Like it's an instrument. <laughs> Throwing garbage out of the car windows. Oh, all the time. So yes. we can, you know, keep the rubbish collectors in business. Not moving to the curb, allowing a minor traffic accident. Running a red light on a bicycle or tricycle, which has happened, of course, for you because you've been knocked off. And not using a crosswalk or following signals when crossing roads as a pedestrian. Well, I do that, actually. I, I can't stand waiting for all those one-minute lights to go. Yeah, I think the key is... People here just need to have a little bit more consideration, I think, for others on the road, especially cyclists and pedestrians. You know, they're the most vulnerable people and they're the ones that always get hurt. So, yeah, something that definitely needs working on in China. Ban cars, Anthony, unless it's full of people. <laughs> so many people, just one person in a car in these traffic jams. Yeah. Interesting Bam. topic, though. So, um, yeah, moving on. It's time for... Jingle Jangle John Wen. I wanted to make it real simple. So, Jingle Jangle John Wen, our expression of the day. Who's doing this today? Well, it's from me today, I guess, okay. being the host, the hostess with the mostess. For once, that's, that's not right, is it? I'm not a hostess, am I? I definitely think you are a bit, especially with those glasses. <laughs> is it all the tofu I'm eating? Am I getting some, <laughs> some bamboo? You are looking rather pert. <laughs> <laughs> so, today it is. Yi chao bu tong. Yi chao bu tong. Yi chao bu tong. Which is, I have to get my tones right. When would you say it? Uh, in a situation. So do we want, do we want tones first or? Wait, is it a Okay, it's, it's, it's used. Um, yi chao bu tong. Yi chao bu tong. Yi chao bu tong. Quite easy to say. Yi chao bu tong. It literally means all orifices not linked. And it's a little bit rude. You would use it uh, uh, in, if somebody didn't know anything about anything. Or if someone was a little bit stupid or you were discussing something. If maybe someone said something ridiculous about a topic, okay. you would say, Yi chao bu tong. Which uh, is like our expression, to not know one's ass from one's elbow. I see, right, okay. <laughs> so it is a bit of a rude. A little bit rude. So, so I, I guess you could use it in jest with some friends, linking to our uh, one of our other ones. Yeah. Tai Wang Xiao. Yeah. I'm joking. So not knowing your your ass from your feet, kind of thing. Finger elbow. Yeah. Elf if you meet someone elbow. that uh, is arguing till they're blue in the face and trying to persuade you of something that just you as know is absolute rot. Yeah. You can use that. 
lot of this, lot of listeners could probably say that when listening to this podcast. Absolutely, yeah. Each Our orifices are not linked. Break it down then. So, ye, yeah, first tone. Chow is fourth down tone. fourth tone, and boo like no fourth tone, fourth tone, and tong yeah first tone. first tone. So what do they mean? First ye, tone. Well, uh, yi chow is like literally meaning all the all the holes, basically okay. all chow. the holes, all the orifices. Chow's a hot right, okay. There you go. And bu tong, not linked. Yeah, tong not. It's kind of strange, connect. isn't it? All orifices not linked. All holes not linked. So I guess are they, do they mean from you don't know your mouth from your ass? Maybe we we'll use your elbow. Got to be. So <laughs> again, yi. Yi chao bu tong. Ah, yi chao bu tong. Yeah, there you go. So, yi chao bu tong. If you okay. want to cut someone off quickly, use that, listeners. Interesting. Right. It's time for the great joke of Jongguo. So, the great joke of Jongguo. I actually have a, a few funny jokes today. Very, very short ones. That's good. Than, yeah. uh, You're going to say the joke for once. So I'm looking forward to this. A great, if I can find them. The great joke of Anthony. I've uh, lost my joke. He's lost his joke. That's a joke jokes. in itself, isn't it? He's lost his joke. Oh, here we go. Here we I love rummaging through my uh, piles of notes. Here. <laughs> so, joke number one. Why can't Chinese people have white babies? Oh, dear. I because don't two Wongs can't make a white... <laughs> Okay, nice. I hope that's not perceived as racist. I don't think that's racist at all. I think, I mean, Chinese are not white, are they? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. are definitely people with a family name Wong. People, so. people may perceive you as being a bigot. But. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese joke number two. We got some short ones here. I think it's quite funny. One morning, a Chinese man rings his boss. Me no work. I sick. To which the boss replies, When I'm sick, I have sex with my wife. Try that. Two hours later, the Chinese Ming man, sorry, rings his boss back. Me better. You have nice house. Oh, God. <laughs> right, so he snuck round and went to his boss. Cheeky, yeah. man. Oh, I think he took that advice a little too literally, didn't he? You've picked these jokes, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. No, the researchers. I, uh, I have a Chinese friend. Uh, recently, uh, he's in the alcohol business. He recently told me he smuggles large amounts of cheap alcohol from China. Apparently it's a whiskey business. <laughs> oh dear. Wow, whiskey business. Yeah, it's very good, yeah. <laughs> and he can't, well, he can't go without some Confucius says, can he? Confucius no. says, Man who run in front of car, get tired. Man who run behind car, get exhausted. <laughs> cool, man. And another one. A man with his hands in pockets feels foolish. But a man with holes in pockets feels nuts. <laughs> Thank you for those researchers. They were uh, awesome. Yes, we very lighthearted. <laughs> Some silly jokes for the week. So moving on, it's time for Jedi Sith of the Week. Oh, we chat waiting, we chat waiting, we chat waiting me. Okay, I'll let you go first as your uh, special guest today, my co-host. I'm gonna. I want to. I want to get the Sith out, please. Um, go on, get it out. Monday evening, I came home after work, and my son Zach, four years old, decided to eat a magnet. Oh dear. So, um, as you could imagine, uh, we were wondering if that. Did you try and stick him to the fridge? <laughs> yeah. His name for a couple of days before it passed out was Magneto. Magneto. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were a bit worried about if that would cause a problem. Lucky it did come out all whole, listeners, so um, oh, he's better now. Man. But he's my Sith, because he tried to blame his little brother that he'd shoved it down his mouth, <laughs> um, which is a complete lie. As little kids do, there's always someone else's fault. Right? Yeah, but he'll learn from that, for sure. So, Sith is my son. Zachariah. Yeah. Silly boy. Magneto. Don't eat magnets, or his dad's going to turn you into a fridge magnet and stick <laughs> yeah. it to the fridge. So, um... Uh, what about you? What's your Sith? My Sith this week is linked to our topic, Chinese traffic jams. How about just anyone with a car? <laughs> I must admit, I am rather 
unfavorable towards Chinese drivers. I, don't get me wrong, Chinese folks, I love you to bits. I mean, I've lived in China for nearly 13 years, so obviously I love being here, but your driving needs a bit of work. Mm. But traffic jams in general, everyone seems to be jostling to get in front of each other, right? And I swear it makes them worse. If everyone would just slowly wait in the jams, I think they would more efficiently move along, but because everyone's trying to shove in front of everyone else, it seems to... It's like two steps forward, three steps back. Remember that song? There are ten million bicycles in Beijing. Do you remember that? Ten yeah. million bicycles in Beijing? Yeah. I bet they could probably sing it now about cars. Probably. Yeah. It's quite worrying. Get rid of the cars. Yeah, less cars. More cars. families in cars. Don't give every family member a car. Sure. All jump in the same car. And the communists. Everyone we do need to do that service. in the West, though, true, to be fair, don't Absolutely. we? We do like our own Bring cars, back the bike. We? I love bikes. I love cycling around Chinese cities. Apart from when I get knocked off, that's not so much fun. And your uh, so your Jedi Jedi is um, and it's got to be uh, with Sonia sends our band. We've got a new drummer from Canada. He's called Eric. I call him Eric the Viking. Oh, there we go. And um, we've you had a lot some... of Vikings in Canada. No, but you know, just a does he look like one? Bring the kind of Viking North Eric. Yeah, Eric the Viking. <laughs> uh, he doesn't actually look like one. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. We've had some practices, doing really well. We're going to be playing, as always, plug plug in the uh, Xichong Music Festival on the 13th of May. Oh, there we go. Eric will be, his, he'll be losing his drumming virginity with the sunny accent. So, well done, Eric. Doing a good job. Loving it. Oh, I look forward to meeting him then. Mm. My Jedi this week is my son. Oh, my, so my son's the Sith. And there we go. We've done that like a whole reverse, haven't we? That wasn't planned either. That was completely <laughs> off the cuff. Yeah, KL. KL, my son, or his Chinese name, Fuyang. My wonderful little boy. He's just he's just the light in my life, you know? He's my reason for living. I mean, obviously, my life isn't that depressing. <laughs> yeah, I have other say. reasons for living, but you Your know life's I mean? that he's, bad. He's my boy, you know? He's he's a wonderful kid. He's such a such a good boy. Obviously, has his naughty moments, too. He can be a little Sith at times, but most of the time, he, he is a proper little Jedi. He's very well, but so well behaved, I wonder if you actually literally made him in Clone, your office. Yes. <laughs> Programmed him. I updated his BIOS yesterday. Yes. <laughs> Took out any form of rebellion. Exactly, mate. Um, okay, lovely. Okay, thanks for that. So, moving on, it's time for CJ Plug. If you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. May the smile be with you. Plug of the week? Well, uh, you have a plug today? Tomorrow is my wife and I's fifth wedding anniversary, so we are going... So you're going to plug your wife? Of course. Um... <laughs> We're going to plug away, and I'm plugging where we're going to plug, and that's in uh, Doormen, which is outskirts of Zhuhai, and it's a place called the Imperial Hot Springs. Oh, I've heard about this. I'd like to go there. They did it up. In, uh, I think a Taiwanese guy owns it. You've been before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping it's going to get cold tomorrow, because so, it's nice to go in hot pools when it's a bit cold. Are they, are they literally outdoor ones? Or yeah, they... outdoor. Tons okay. of them. Really nice. And hopefully no one comes as well, because you, know, you don't want the whole of oh, maybe I'll China s- there. I might see you there then, mate. <laughs> but they do good deals. It's like 1700 for two people. You get the room, you get a free massage, you get to use a spa. So no, no kids tomorrow? Oh, no kids, yeah. Just looking after the kids. The IE and you. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, Imperial Hot the, the website, Anthony, is imperialhotsprings.com. I will look at that, actually, because I've heard about this, and I would actually like to go there. And the manager's a Filipino guy called um, Pidello, or as I like to call him, Pido, for short. I'm sure he's a nice, he's well, a nice guy. I'd be glad to hear that on the podcast. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> no, come on. Okay. Yeah, that's my plug. Awesome. Cool. My plug is an island here in Zhuhai. Yearly Dao. Ah, Yearly Dao, yeah. Yearly Island, obviously. Dao meaning Chinese uh, island. Yeah. Uh, in Xiangzhou, here in uh, the beautiful city of Zhuhai. It's a uh, it's very easy island to get to. I don't know if we have any listeners that are heading to China or Zhuhai or already live here in Zhuhai and just haven't happened to wander down there. Get down to Xiangzhou, down by the sea, and you can just walk across it, on uh, across a bridge. They've done a new... Uh, Walkway, concourse. Selection of walkways, yeah, and built a new opera house there, a giant 
Clamshell. Now, yelly, yelly means it's night time, isn't it? I think it's another word for Does it? night time. Island. meaning, actually. Yeah, yelly. But beautiful island. Like, when I first moved to Juvai, it was all just completely overgrown and... Uh, yeah, nothing there, but they've actually turned it into a park. So, yeah, really, really beautiful place. Yearly Dao in Xiangzhou. Yeah, I'll go with that. Go there. So, I guess you uh, want this answer for the guess who, huh? I think I'm pretty pretty close, but anyway. Right. So, it's time for our guess who answer. We've got to remember. Clue you up? You want some more clues? Well, uh, maybe the listeners do. I'm, find I think them. I'm pretty Extra clues. Okay. Well, he's an actor, right? So I guess I should give you some movie clues. Here we go. The movies, some movies he's done. The Big Brawl. The Cannonball Run. The Protector. The Young Master. One of my personal favourites. Come on, give me the Young Master 2. Dragon Lord. Project A, 1 and 2. Wheels on Meals. Another very funny one. Police Story 1, 2, 3 and 4. Armour of God. One and two, Dragon Forever, and I suppose to make it really easy for you, oh, yeah, I reluctantly want Go to on. give these to you. So famous Hollywood ones: Get rushing, come Rush on. Hour One and Two <laughs> with Chris Tucker, yeah, The yeah, Forbidden yeah. Kingdom, Kung Fu Panda, mm-hmm. and The Karate Kid. Okay, great. So I guess you've got it, huh? I mean, uh, I haven't watched a lot of his movies, but he is a man about town. It's old Jackie Chan, isn't it? Yeah. Well done. Awesome. He's got it right. Yes, Mr. Jackie Chan, known in uh, the mainland as uh, Chan Long. Chan Long. Chan Long for dragon. Yeah, great. He's one of my favourite actors. That's. Uh, we should get him on. Why? Yeah, I, I wrote to him recently. He, he agreed to do it for a uh, hundredth episode. Well, how are you going to do so. with the other guy, Jack Ma? <laughs> Oh, that's we true. Both we can have them both on together. Two special guests. Yeah. Kung Fu fight. <laughs> on Taobao. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that no one will see because it's a podcast. Good old Jackie Chan, one of my favourite heroes. I, he's great. I think he's one of the best Kung Fu actors ever. Hilarious man. So thank you, Jackie, for all your movies. I think you are awesome. Look forward to seeing you on the podcast. Come soon. Yes. Plug it away, Anthony. Plug away. So, uh... That's how to do a guess who, by the way. You see how I've to done get it? it right. To get well, it right. That's, I got, that's, you got some standard. jolly easy clues there, <laughs> didn't you? So I guess it's uh, time for our uh, last Emperor's Song. Mm. Hey, who we got this week? Well, you know this chap, right? Uh, your bass player, Mr. Bob Roberts. Ah, uh, Bobby Boy. Sun Yat-sen. Yeah, from New Zealand. So, uh, Bob Roberts. Is he a Robert Robertson? Do you think he could call Bob Bob? Uh, Bob Bob. Bob Bob. If you chuck him in the water, does he bob? <laughs> yeah, I have to try that out, yeah. yeah so, uh, so Mr. Bob Roberts, he's uh, bringing us uh, an electronica song. Yes. With the uh, acronym B-R-K-U. He always like to do different things, don't we, on the podcast here. Yeah, let's have something Monty, different, something electronic. Cosmopolitan kind of show. So I hope you like it, listeners. And I hope you like this uh, podcast of this week with me being the host. Thank you, Chris, for You're being the co-host. Thanks for having me on. And uh, that's it for this week. Thank you, listeners.
thank you for listening to the China Jedi podcast, shining humor, love and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you.